0: Have you been looking for your keys to success? You have found the best place to start. We will hear from professionals on different keys to success in building huge careers in and outside the mortgage industry. These conversations that each person will share their experience will allow you to hear nuggets on finding your keys to success. I'm your host, Sue Meitner, so let's get started and grab your keys. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Grab Your Keys. I am excited about this guest that I feel like I've known forever. You have been in the mortgage industry forever. I think that you're, I actually know that you're a 50, I'm going to read from LinkedIn because it's so much. A 50-year industry veteran, influencer, podcaster, executive leadership coach, mentor, communication and marketing consultant and strategist, storyteller, public speaking, passionate about organized health. You pretty much have done everything in the mortgage industry and you are definitely someone who has a passion for it and a leader in our community. Why don't you tell us a little bit about how how your career brought you to where you are today?
1: Well, it's a great questions. Good to be with you, Sue. I admire awesome, you. So much. I love your energy. I love what you've built. You are just someone who just focuses us on excellence. And it's always a joy to be associated, affiliated, affiliated with someone who is all about excellence because that's what I'm about. So my career you are is- about
0: excellence and being positive. The thing yeah, that you radiate, David, is positive energy. And I've never seen you not be positive in any market. And I feel like I've seen you in all markets.
1: 50 years, 50 years in this industry, you see a lot of markets. And we're certainly in one of those times, which is trying souls this particular time, as we look at what's going on. But no, I got started in this right out of college, didn't have a clue what I wanted to be. So I went with my dad and said, Dad, want to know what I should do. And he says, you know, son, you had a little trouble balancing your checkbook in college. Once you go to work for a bank, at least you'll figure out how to do that. And that's so great. if you don't know what you do and it's also a good foundation to get experience as in finance. So that's the route. I went quickly found my way to the mortgage division. Um, a lot of funny stories about what brought me to there, but it was a really pivotal point where I found my future when I found the mortgage division, because I'm all about passion about helping people get into homes. I think it's one of the most transformative things we can do for someone's life, Sue, is to help them get into home. First-time homeownership is transformative. And then all the things that homeownership brings uh, is just so wonderful.
0: It is. So that's your passion. What, um, What do you feel the three keys to your success or anyone's success would be?
1: I think, first of all, integrity and having a positive attitude is certainly that Uh, you're never better than your game and your name. And uh, I think so much a lot of people compromise on those, especially in times like this. And so I just encourage everyone realize at the end of the day, your name and the integrity by which is affiliated with your name is going to be the most important thing. It certainly has been one of my achievements. And, and there's times where we all look at things, go like, ah, I wish I could have done that one better, could have, could have, should have. We all have those. So it's not, you know, one of the, my heroes is I love Brene Brown. I love staying out of shame and of that it's learn from your mistakes and just continue to pursue excellence. The other thing I learned a long time ago, early in my career, is play to your strengths. I am. I enjoy people. I love joining in meeting with people. Uh, The details of the business I did not enjoy. And I oftentimes tell the story about I was a top producer, became a top producer pretty quickly in my career. And uh, my idea of a complete 1003 was a scribbled out last name, some basic information there, you know someone who is i was more interested in getting to know them than writing down all the details right so uh, and then i could not i had also dyslexia so adding up a column of numbers to get the same answer twice was a challenge because the numbers move around in the dyslexic brain's eyes and <clears throat> then the three and the four switch columns here right. <laughs> to get the answer right. so what i found out while i was a top producer uh the bank i was working for the compliance department prevailed on the president of the bank who hired me and said you know what? He may be a good producer, but he's creating us a lot of liability. His packages are pretty sloppy. We have to work extra hard on them. And then we have to really work on redisclosing because of the issues he has. We need to get rid of him. He's not—he's a risk to the bank. And so anytime you listen to your compliance department, now you need to listen, but when they start running production, that's a problem. Correct. Right. Well, what he did is he made a trip out to fire me and to get rid of me. He knew he was going to make someone's day. I'll never forget this day. I thought he was sending, bringing me out to, I won another award or something. I mean, I was doing well and never envisioned I'd be getting fired. So he was conflicted by that. So he went to a friend of his place, uh, the guy had a master's degree in business, but he loved working with cars. So he had an out-of-body car and uh, um, the shop. And so the president of the bank stopped in there and talked to him and said, Hey, I've got to fire this guy. He's the top producer. And he says, you're doing what you're getting rid of your top producer. That doesn't make any sense. Why is that? He says, well, we're a bank. He can't add up a column numbers and get the same answer twice. Yeah. I said, well, how good is he? And then he told me a oh, whole Good. He says, you're crazy. You're making someone's day. Your competition is going to be rejoicing over this. He said, okay, what would you do? He said, I would buy him a car, get him one or two or three assistants to do all the things he can't do well and go have him go get more loans. And the guy right. goes, why didn't I think of that? So I, in the course of getting fired, found the importance. So he sat down with me, did come out to my office. They did find a recently repossessed car that the bank had. They gave it to me and they said, Dave, you can never touch another paper. Just go out and get more business. We're bringing out two assistants to you right away. We'll get a third one for you as soon as the volume warrants it. And I found something there that was so important. I think number one is play to your strengths. Number two is know your weaknesses. I didn't appreciate my weaknesses and I had to develop skills around there. So the keys to my success, I would say, is first of all, integrity. Second of all is I've learned to play to my strengths, learn to do what I'm really, really good at, and then surround myself with people that do well where I'm weak. And that's been just a formula that has worked market in and market out.
0: Yeah, I I totally agree. And I feel, um, I understand the dyslexic brain very well. Um, Dyslexia runs in my family. My brother has severe dyslexia. I have a little bit of it. And so even having a little bit of it, it makes you not, it makes you super conscious of where you could make a mistake because you your mistakes have been pointed out to you so much in the past. Yeah. So uh, I totally I, I totally understand that, if that makes sense what I said. Yeah, yeah, in
1: fact, there's a great book I recommend to anyone I coach, especially if there's any hint that they have dyslexia. It's called The Gift of Dyslexia. Right.
0: Einstein
1: was severely dyslexic. And I think the lie that those of us that have dyslexia buy, where we get sold, and we unfortunately buy, is that it's be, we're dumb. We're not smart people. Quite to the contrary. It's actually how we process information. So there's, it, it, it's ex- how we experience knowledge rather than learning it from a book. My wife is very linear thinker. She reads well. She retains stuff. I have to experience it. That's why I like audiobooks so much better. Yeah. And when I hear it, I experience it. So anyone listening to this and you suspect you have it or you know a family member or a boss that has it, get them the book, The Gift of Dyslexia. It'll
0: I love that turn
1: the whole thing around for them. And they'll it's see- It's
0: amazing his- to, to see how many CEOs and executives who have, who have made it through the tough times of, of climbing, that when they finally get to the, where their brain can experience the big picture of things, how yeah. they excel so much, because they have the people who can help them, you know, mm-hmm. rise to the occasion. And I, I love your story in that you were able to excel once you had the people around you that allowed you to get there. And I think yeah. that's so important. Even today, I always try to surround myself with people who are smarter than I am in what I'm not smart at. And yeah. I think you actually, uh, I think I took a test with you one time, a and it it would it was your strengths and your weaknesses, and yeah. they were spot on. And yeah. I think that anyone who doesn't know what your weaknesses are, you need to go find what they are.
1: Yeah, I think uh, there, there's a lot,
0: lot stronger person.
1: I think there's a lot of assessment. I think self-discovery is one of the most important things we can do, you know, understand who we are. And I mean, I I believe in God. I believe there's a God designed to all of us, Sue. And whether you hold a faith like I do, there's always a sense of knowing I am unique. And it's so important that we understand who we are. I recommend also the six working geniuses by Patrick Lencioni. It is a great assessment tool along with either use your personality types. They all, All the various four humors, which is uh, sanguine, phlegmatic, choleric, and melancholic are the four humors that uh, Hippocrates, the father of medicine, came up with. And out of all of that, all the personality tests go. So you have your personality. I'm a sanguine with a choleric tendency. Um, You have a phlegmatic who's very much of an accountant type. The choleric is pure command general type. The melancholic is more of a social worker. So when you understand generally where you fit in that, and you understand those strengths, and then you also understand those weaknesses, then that really helps you. And then you put that along with the six working geniuses and find out where your genius is, and what your there's three things that it identifies your working genius, your working competency, and your working frustration. Again, these are assessments that will help every professional understand themselves, and then better be able to better perform based on that strength. Don't try to do the things you're bad at. Surround yourself with someone who does that well.
0: Yeah, that that's fabulous knowledge and fabulous information for anyone listening because it will even help with loan officers or anyone in any sales career, know who you're talking to. And also knowing as a leader in any industry, you have to hone your skills constantly. I was listening to something that Simon Sinek said yesterday, leaders not only lead, they learn. They're yes, constant so. learners of honing their skills and and knowing that it can be better or they can, you know, speak to someone differently or or understand someone. So I, I love um those two books. I'm going to order them today.
1: Yeah. Those no.
0: really
1: I love Simon Sinek. We share a passion for that because, you know, we oftentimes he's one of his famous statements is people don't do business with what you do. They do business with why you do it. And I think that's when you understand yourself, you get more insights into what makes you tick and why you're doing what you're doing. It gives you greater advantages in the marketplace because there's not another Sue out there. There's not another David Lickin out there. Whereas you are so wonderfully designed, Sue, and you're just, I'd like to be around. You're going to attract a customer base that is just drawn to you that I won't attract. And when we realize that and we get comfortable with that and salespeople get comfortable with that, you're going to learn as a sales leader to hire to having it as diverse a group as you possibly can, and then teach them who they are so that they play to their strength and know themselves and build an organization with that greatly covers the landscape of all the various types of people out there.
0: Yeah, I, I, as I said, I love all that. Who do you, I mean? I admire you so much for everything yeah. that you do, everything that you've taught me in the industry. Because I was a uh, young CEO when we first met. Yes, I think that I had only owned Centennial Lending for one year, and um, I had that a lot good. to learn. And I was, I needed to learn a lot so that I could grow the company to you know where it is today and um hopefully where it's going in the future and you've been so kind in that but how did you know that this was such an important thing for people to understand and learn how did you come up with that how did you know there was a need
1: well first of all i mean again uh, you talk to people i think one of the things is your what's your rq what's your relational abilities, your relational quotient, and your emotional quotient. I think when we move people to action to do things, when we connect with people through emotions, now you've got to have logic. You've got to have the facts. You've got to have all the skills necessary to communicate about our complex industry. And sometimes complex loan products. And how do you do that? Are you able to do it in such a way that they understand it logically, but you move them emotionally so that they're drawn into the right experience for them, for what they're doing. So those are things that I learned early on. I think it was something I'm a music major, so I understand the music and how that can move your soul. Uh, So I think that was, that was there. It's interesting. The number of musicians in the mortgage industry, there's, there's a lot of us in it. So but that that's the things that I found to be uh what like for example, when I met Yusu. I've never seen a more hungry CEO. You were new at it. You didn't hide from being new and you didn't say, well, I'm going to be this. I mean, you were so honest and transparent and I would, and anyone who's that, I think transparency is one of the things that attracts people you were so vulnerably transparent yet confident there. I think we hear, I can't be transparent because I can't reveal I'm weak. It's, well, your weakness is you're gonna be your greatest strength if you surround yourself around all the things we're talking about here. What appealed to me, which drew me to you, Sue, was you knew you were young as a CEO and you were out genuinely asking questions and you listened and you acted on the the severe influence that you put around me around you. And I had the privilege of being one of those individuals at that time. You yeah. were
0: you you were I respect you so much, and you were somebody who I always lo- admired and 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 still admire. but it's it's knowing who to ask when you don't have the right when you don't have the knowledge to to find those places, to be in lenders one and to be in the mortgage collaborative so that you can yeah. ask those questions with those peers. Who know who know better.
1: So important,
0: and and that's why it's so important for people who have done it to to give, and and us to give to the next generation. Who do you admire?
1: Uh, Yeah, there's so many people in the industry that I admire, and uh, you know, David Stevens is one of those guys because he's such a deep student of this. David Kittle is a dear, dear friend, the founder of the collaborative, but outside of our industry. Booker T. Washington is one of my favorite people. His The statement that he made that I locked onto is success is not to be measured so much by the position that one has reached in life, but by the obstacles that they overcame getting there. As someone with dyslexia and growing up in a very small town in Minnesota, I didn't know if I had the skill set. So to succeed in this. And so I had to overcome a lot of it was self-imposed. A lot of it was lies. I didn't realize I had uh, the, the, intelligence that I did because of the confusion about dyslexia. I didn't understand it. Did he know what it was back then? I'm 73 years old. We didn't understand it back in those days. And so I look at what I've overcome and I look at what so many other people, I look at another Nick Boyacek, I think I, and I'm saying his name wrong, but the guy that has no arms, no legs, Right, he's, right, like, right. One little thing he calls a flipper. And you look at what an amazing individual, I love people that have overcome obstacles. I've got all my faculties. I've got all my fingers, members, arms, legs, everything else. But oftentimes the things that are most severe are the things that you don't see missing in someone's life. And I think what we have to do is have a boldness to, and care to speak into someone's life. When you see that, just say, why is that? Be curious, not condemning, but curious and draw it. I mean, curious from a place of wanting to help people. And that's again, what drew me to you was you're just so curious. What does it take to be successful? I'm looking at doing this. What are your thoughts on that million questions? I mean, Socrates got killed. Murdered for asking too many questions. I mean, the, the, The Socratic process, he created a process asking questions. I think that's one thing we cannot stop doing, which is what Simon Sinek says. You just can't stop learning. There's a great book I just read over the weekend. I devoured it. It's by Dr. Henry Cloud. It says, Necessary Ending. I think one of the things that we are going through in our industry right now is we have to put an end to some things the way we've been doing it how we've been paying the compensations we've been paying the cost structure that we've been paying it is absolutely it's the weight that's going to kill our industry kill many companies and they get a fixed cost and they can't get to a variable cost again that is devastating to companies in these kind of times if you're just burdened with a cost structure that's on your back and you don't have the revenue Or it's peaks and valleys, which is so cyclical where our industry is so cyclical and that fixed cost will kill. We've got to end that. It's a necessary thing. We must end. Get that book. There's another book I recommend It's necessary endings. It is so applicable for our industry right now.
0: Okay, I'm writing them all down because I, you know, I always listen to you, so I know. I think I know what profession you would be if you were not in the mortgage industry. But you're so much in the, I mean, you're an icon in the mortgage industry. But because you've just done so much for the mortgage industry, but if you weren't, didn't do all the things in mortgage, because there's so many, what profession would you be in?
1: Well, it's, it's really interesting. And you would, I would never have answered this in my younger years. And so, um, I will give you the answer in just a minute, but I'll share it in context with this. So what, again, Booker T Washington's comment, what you had overcome in high school, I was, uh, I was an outgoing kid. I was had a a personable, I was nice, like, and all that wasn't the most popular kid in campus because I wasn't as athletic as I wished I had. I was a late bloomer, but I had the ability to communicate and people recognize it. So I wrestled. I was on the wrestling team. I had injured myself. So the coach asked me, Dave, we've got the normal person that runs the PA system. Not here. Would you do the introductions of our team and our guest team being the compliant kid? Want to please the teacher? I said, sure, I'd be happy to do that. Confidently grabbed the mic went up there and then they handed me the roster of Mm -hmm. our team. Of course I could pronounce the names of my kids. I knew I wrestled with, I knew our team. We were wrestling a community in Minnesota, where I grew up, a lot of ethnic communities. We were wrestling a Czechoslovakian community. Do you know how they spell Czech spell their name? It's all consonants. I had no clue on how to pronounce these names. Now, again, I was asked to do it. So I'm going to try to be compliant and do what I was asked to do. So I went ahead and did my best. I slaughtered it so bad. Their team was on the floor laughing their asses off of the way I was pronouncing their names and it, and, and we won and they accused it because of the house bad I slaughtered the name. They, we, I weakened them through laughter, but I said, I made a vow and that in one other incident, I said, I make a vow. I will never speak in public. I, and, and I think we make vows to keep us from our destiny. So it was many years later, I got a phone call from Fox business and they said, Dave, Lickin, we just saw you quoted. We'd like to have you as a guest on Fox business. I got the phone call. It was a top producer at, at, at Fox. And I didn't know, I thought it was one of my friends playing a joke on me. Why yeah. Someone like, so I hung up on the producer. I said, I don't know which one of my friends is putting you up to this, but I don't have time for this. I'm a busy guy hung up with the guy. Fortunately, he called back. He says, no, this is not, this is Eric Spinano." By the way, Eric has since passed away from COVID bless his heart. He passed away, but he said, this is not a joke. Write down this phone number. I'm Eric Spinano, and I want to talk to you. So I kid you not. I said, well, I'll play along with this joke. It sounds interesting. Sure enough. I call back the number and I answered the phone. He says Fox business. Now, do you believe me? Can we cut past the crap and get to you what I want you on? And I sat there floored and I realized that if I had to do it over, it would be communications. I love podcasts. Um, Television is one of those things. It's not about ego. It's about influence. And if you have a passion to help people, media, social media, national television, radio, podcasting, what you're doing. And so by, that was a long answer to get to this. I had to overcome some some vows that I had made based on shame that I had incurred, but it almost kept me from going on and enjoying a career. Now I've been 15 years on national television as one of the talking heads, David Stevens and I both do that. I have done that quite a bit. And so, um, that is the thing that I would do is if I had a greater chance, I would have gone into media and probably television. I really,
0: that was not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say that you would be a musician.
1: Well, I, I do enjoy musician music, but, um, to be honest with you, Sue, I am, uh, I enjoy it, but there's, I, there are so many outstanding musicians and I'm not an outstanding musician. <laughs> I want to be outstanding. And I think I, I love communication. So that yeah. that's what it would be. So that was one, that, yes, yeah, a- one
0: of the things that I truly love about you is you're such a great family man, a great dad, a great granddad. So I think that that comes with the whole like the whole when I ask, like, what do you like? What's in the future for David? Like, I, right. I know that your family's in there because I, you know, admire as someone who has children in their 20s. I know that that was so important. I mean that's one of the reasons that I you know uh, merged companies with success mortgage partners because I wanted that I wanted there to be there more for my children and I just was feeling I wasn't. so I kudos,
1: always- kudos to Owens for seeing that for seeing what. I saw in you and merging with you because yeah, that has been a great partnership for you and them. It's a great, it just, it was such a good fit.
0: It's It's right. been our cultures just fit and it's been a, a fabulous partnership. So, um, but you were one of the reasons, because I was like, I want that family. I want to be there all the time. Like I want to be present. And I always felt that even seeing that through your social media, that you were so present in, in all of that. So what is in the future for David?
1: Okay. First of all, what else
0: did you even do? Well, You've done
1: everything. <laughs> continue to give back. You know, I, at seventy three, I found a new gear, and I've got so much more in me, Sue, to give, I and I want to give it. So, number one, it'll be that. Yeah, family is so important. We're a grandparents for the first time on May thirty first by our youngest daughter, and October. I'm going to have to miss being in the your fine city there uh, for the nice. annual because our second granddaughter is being born at that same time and i'm not going to miss it as much as i'm going to miss seeing all my friends and associates it's like a college room a class reunion when you go to these annual conferences you just enjoy seeing everyone sure. and, I, and so i'm going to miss it but i'm not going to miss the birth of my second granddaughter and so i'm looking forward to eden may fisher being born on uh, during the conference. And yeah, least, you know how babies come. You don't know if it'll be, you know, before or after, but I'm, I'm registered just in case we fit it in. I can make it happen, but most likely not going to be there. So that is the future for me. I have also gotten into flying again. I've always had a dream of flying. So I never, have got, so I'm going to be doing that. But the thing I'm really passionate about is I want to continue to give into this industry. I think this was one of the most important industries to the foundation of the family, which goes back, to family, which is, getting people into homes, getting them into a good home. That is sustainable, a home ownership journey. The second thing is I like making a difference in the lives of executives. I think, I have a saying that is T G I M. Thank God it's Monday. I work at a company that I'm so excited to come to work for. Sue, if I worked for you in your company, I'll be looking forward to it because I get to hang with Susan. I get Sue, I get to be with you, I get to be around you. And I think we need to create T G I M cultures where people look forward to going to work. They need to work. I love that. Yep. And we need, it's good to have a TGI for TGIF. If you work your butt off all week long, it should be fine. Thank God it's Friday. I want to go be with family and friends. I want to do more of that, but we should create a culture. And that's what I really want to have as my legacy is I'm helping create cultures where people say TGIM, thank God it's money. I can't wait to get back to my other family, my work family, so I can be with them because I love them and enjoy them. And I love what I'm doing.
0: Yeah. Well, I I love that you've been on this podcast, Grab Your Keys. I love the integrity, playing to your strengths, know your weaknesses. You've given so many fabulous nuggets today that everyone needs to take to heart in this market. And look at those books, uh, The Gift of Dyslexia, um, The Six Working Geniuses, uh, to name two of them. And you are just, as I said, a leader in this mortgage industry. And I thank you so much for your friendship. Oh. And seeing you, I mean, it's just so great. Every time we do get to be together, you uh, transformed at one point in time what Centennial Lending was and is. And mm-hmm. I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. You are just one in a million. So you thank know, you so I, much for your time.
1: Genuinely love you, Sue. You're just an amazing leader. And thank you for continuing to grow and pursue, produce, pursuing and producing excellence in others. Thank you for what you're doing to our for our industry.
0: Well, thank you. So everyone, grab your keys. Look forward to the next session with a um, a great person. I will tell you who it is tomorrow when I have their podcast with them. And if you like what David was saying, like it and share it with as many people as you can on social media because we want to get out the TGIF and the TGIM because we want everyone to go to work happy and enjoy their leadership. So everyone go grab your keys and have a great day.